Welcome to the Make Moments That Matter podcast. And now to our hosts, Kim Garman-Hummel and Sean Carroll-Sandy. Hey, Kim. Hey, Sean. Let's welcome everyone back to the Make Moments That Matter podcast. We have a really great topic for you today. Um, Kim, tell everyone what we're going to be talking about today because it is, it's a good one. Yeah. So the topic today is why creating moments that matter is the only way to grow your business. And as promised in the intro, we're going to dig into some examples of how you can see friction in your business and then also talk about how you can overcome them with moments that matter. It's it's a moments that matter Palooza. (laughs) That's right. I think, you know, one of the things I think is people don't often think of the problems they have in their business is friction. Um, I think people say like, you know, when people call you or me and want to talk about, they call them problems. We have problems. Oftentimes they're symptoms Symptoms, and the way those symptoms heat up is friction. Friction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also when technology gets introduced into the equation, which Mm -hmm. is usually pretty early in a business these days, um, there's a focus on efficiency and there's a focus on, um, you know, making things easier for your employees and yeah, to a certain extent, making things easier for your customers too. But there's often, you know, an exchange for like, this is going to be easier for the team to do it this way. And the impact on the customer isn't evaluated as thoroughly as it should be sometimes. Yeah. I don't think it gets an A to Z like, you know, oh, if we do X, it's going to have X, Y, Z, you know, complications or implications down the road. So you see that both um, on the customer side, but also on the employee side. And so in this episode, we want to sort of challenge you to think about these problems as friction. So every time we say friction, I think smoke, because then smoke turns into fire. So let's run through some examples of friction that people could find in their business. And yeah, again, changing your mindset to think of them instead of problems as symptoms of some, the fire that could break out at any time. (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't want to live in putting out fires world, then you've got to do fire prevention, right? So, Hey, I'll say too, pretty often you just get so excited about, Hey, this is going to make our lives so much easier. And then we can do this, then we can do this. So it's not like a complete just disregard for the customer experience. It's usually more just excitement about what we can do internally. And then, you know, just neglecting to think about the customer experience fully. So yeah. So those examples, um, five revenue boosting ways to reduce friction in your organization. It's, you can shoot us an email to moments at sauceagency.com if you'd like access to that or, um, visit our website and the landing page for this episode. We'll have a nice little button you can push and a form you can fill out and we'll send it right over to you. Either way, that's moments at sauceagency.com or head over to the landing page. So for these symptoms, for these things that we might be seeing in our business that would be symptoms of friction, what do you want to start with? Well, I think one of the one of my biggest frustrations is there's there's always friction in communication and internal and external communication and that i think is what really hacks people off the most so you know for example having been a sales rep for so long when a customer's order was incorrect what they want most is attrition <laughs> and then they want you to fix it but if they don't know who to contact 
or they don't, they're like, there's no easy way for them to, to get to talk to someone or, uh, or even just to be able to document what the problem is. That's a huge yeah. problem. And then you and I alluded to this before in one of our hot takes too. the problem, it still stays incorrect. Like there's, it's not fixed. So they have a problem one time and then you don't have the right systems and processes to fix it. And it's incorrect again. That is maddening. Absolutely mind-blowing maddening. Yeah. So if your business is experiencing unhappy customers who are complaining about the same thing more than once, because the the root cause of the issue is not being addressed when they bring it up the first time, that is a definite sign of friction that is negative in your business. Mm-hmm. And it's also, this. it's not just frustrating for the customer. Your customer service people who are hearing about it because it's not fixed at the root cause, they're frustrated and that's causing friction with your employees too. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't leave out the internal friction here either. No. Yes. And those external and internal friction points, especially when it's repeated in the, you know, like it's okay to make this, make a mistake once, but when you make the same mistake repeatedly, people lose patience for that. And when they lose patience, they go to find alternate solutions, whether that be a different provider for your services or, you know, products that you offer, or as one of your employees, a different employer who does have that figured out. Yeah. I, I've quit because of friction. Have you ever left a job because of the friction was too much? You care. And then here's the, here's the, the frustrating part. You have employees that care, but when they can't get it resolved, but then and then they take the brunt of the the customer's ire and anger. Mm-hmm. That is that is where you lose people. So yeah. it's not just losing customers; you you will lose your best employees too. It's the ones that don't care. They're like, I don't care. It's not fixed again. That's whatever. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> so another point of friction that is really one of my favorites to address because it is kind of the. Uh, linchpin that holds the whole thing together when it comes to attracting and converting the right target audience is questions that you haven't answered on your website. Because if you haven't answered them and your competitors haven't answered them, but they are questions that your sales team is getting repeatedly, then, or even, even your customer service team in that regard, it it's such a low hanging fruit opportunity to just do the work to get those answers out there in a way that the consumer can find them and mm-hmm. trust your brand as the resource for helping them know the answer to that question. It gives them yeah. a better experience. It's already information you know. It's like if people are already answering the question, you've got it. So and then in turn what that does for your internal team is makes their life less Uh, full of headaches or less stressful because now you've empowered the customers to get the answers that they need. Mm -hmm. But also as you scale, then that internal team grows and the same database that you're building for the customers to be able to answer those questions becomes a toolbox for your internal team to know how to answer those questions as well. So that is one of my favorite ways to reduce friction is just answering those questions. And, you know, I think the way we do this is pretty unique because having been in the sales seat for many decades, you know, when I I started when I was 15, obviously, um, having been a salesperson for many decades and especially in enterprise size organizations where, you know, the information and the campaigns are top down, Mm -hmm. we salespeople are hearing the questions and your salespeople have really good and important insight. 
vital insights to be able to answer the questions that needs to go up the channel to marketing and you'll be able to have that conversation. We do that a lot with our sales teams, which is really cool is to gather the information that the the customers are asking or the resources the customers need that the sales team is like, hey, marketing, can we do this? And then that can become a lead magnet. So just being able to have that communication that goes back and forth so that you're answering those questions and you know, inviting your customers to go further with you, uh, whether it's into becoming a marketing qualified lead or a sales qualified lead, that two-way conversation removes a ton of friction so that the the marketing, you know, everyone thinks marketing's doing a great job. And then your sellers are like, yes, they've made our job easier. And you are able to attract and convert and close business and shorten the sales cycle. That's super important. If you're finding a really difficult handoff. This is the friction point I'm getting to, I promise. If you're finding a the difficult handoff between the marketing qualified leads and the sales qualified leads and marketing's saying, well, we're giving you these and sales is like, they're qualified. We see that a lot, right? There's something, there's that friction yes. there which frustrate sellers and marketers and actually your customers too. Yeah. So just to kind of like flip, like I always use this analogy and you'll hear me use this a lot. And as Sean and I talk, think of it this way. So you're inside our brains a little bit, but um, whatever we're talking about is like a rock and we're on different sides of it and we can see different pieces of it, especially with coming from the marketing and technology background versus the sales. And, you know, you have a lot of marketing experience too, like a ton. So I think that's kind of how we're able to like translate and speak the same language here. It's kind of the, it's kind of the secret sauce, but um, (laughs) what I think I hear you saying to frame it from a marketing perspective is sales and marketing alignment. And those questions are a great um, jumping off point to begin that process happening because it opens up a dialogue between those two often siloed departments and gives the um, insights so that, so the way that we do this is we meet with the sales team and understand the questions that they feel like they're asking all the time Mm -hmm. and then cross-reference that with our SEO data so that we can still be data-driven, but informed by the humans who are on the front lines, so to speak. And that makes the go-to-market messaging and strategy and follow-up more relevant, more contextual to your, your prospective client and your customer and it makes moments that matter. It does. It does. And, and we don't, we can't forget about our buddies over in the services. <laughs> like the people who deliver sure. and service those customers. We want their insights too. Um, I think that's, you know, having been on the sales side where other people produce your deliverables, the people who are producing those, um, nothing is... <laughs> Actually, I've been guilty of this too. Uh, I sell something and I make a promise and maybe I didn't um, pull in my production team or my services team or whatever. And they're like, we can't do this. What kind of deadlines? Crazy lady, what are you promising? There's friction there if you don't align with your delivery team, your production team, your operations team too. And And it rolls into friction for the customer. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Uh, misunderstanding, miscommunication, not knowing what the expectations are. What's the timing of this? You promised this, you promised that. I've been guilty of all of them. I will just say I've been guilty of all of it. Can't imagine what you mean, Sean. I don't know. But, you know, 
we're we're so aligned now. It's just stupid. We're just lockstep. <laughs> Actually, we work really hard to do that. Um, I, I have and been. It's a lot of work. Alignment is critical is. and worthwhile and nothing that's worthwhile isn't a lot of work but it is a lot of work it is yeah but those again those things are here's the thing I think about friction too is um (laughs) you know like if you ever worn velvet pants on a treadmill or corduroy pants I have (laughs) I don't I mean I don't even need to be on a treadmill for that just (laughs) like thunder thighs over here (laughs) it's just yeah Friction is just physics. It's just science. It makes things warm and it doesn't always lead to fire, but you create warmth, you create heat, you create smoke, and then it turns into a fire. So if you have a lot of places of friction in your business, I think what a lot of people do is they try to solve or patch that piece of it to to lubricate it, but not remove the friction, not make it so it's more aligned. They're just like, well, we're just going to lubricate this right now. We'll add a piece of technology. We'll add a form. We'll add a step instead of that alignment. Well, and Um, that's okay as a minimum viable product. That's necessary sometimes because, you know, to use Donald Miller's analogy of building a business is like converting your private jet into a 757 while you're flying it full of passengers and trying to keep it fueled. Like that's true. So sometimes a patch is necessary, but you have to recognize a patch for a patch and Mm -hmm. all be aligned about it's a patch and we're going to come back and do it right. You know, plan that so that it Mm -hmm. can be done well and done right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to, to plan. It it can feel overwhelming, but it's, so much easier and so much less stressful for everyone involved when you do get aligned around a plan and accept those patches as patches and they're okay and then come back and fix them. And I think it it can be overwhelming to say we're going to have to fix everything all at once. That's just impossible. So you do have to have some of the patches there. But one of the things that I like about the idea of of reframing problems as seeing that as friction is that you can, it it doesn't mean you have to do it all at once. Like you can take it piece by piece. And if you look at it like it's friction and we have the opportunity to turn that negative moment that matters into a positive moment that matters, then you can start fixing things systems wide. Because how do we remove friction? We've got a couple things in our in our, our guide too, and the things that we focus on um, to do that. So it's, it's, so it's not so overwhelming. Yeah. And you bring up a good point of the negative and positive. So friction is not always negative. Some friction can be intentional if you want to slow the user down. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we use a good example of that is sometimes we use that in our sales cycle. If you get a prospect who is just gung ho over the top excited, we don't want them to have buyer's remorse. So even though like the salesperson in us is like, yes, let's sign this contract, sign this contract. The human in us that knows that there's a human over there that may very well have buyer's remorse, and that's going to spiral into a whole other set of issues. It's not what's best for everyone involved, has to stop and say, Well, here's some homework. Can you do this? Can you fill out your growth goals for us here so we can understand what it is you're trying to achieve? Because that is the first mechanism of alignment. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's important to note that not all friction is negative. There is some intentional and positive friction, 
but it need intentional is the key, right? Like right. when you have right. friction, that's not intentional nine times out of 10, it's probably negative. Yes. Yeah. And we don't need anybody heating up, heating up and starting fires. Like we, you know, we want to slow those things down. So alignment is the, really the key here. And so we we have three ways, uh, or actually, I guess it's it's really is it five of aligning um, to reduce the frictions. So the first one is aligning your people. People are, you know, what you can have all the best processes, you can have all the best tech and things like that, but people run your business. At the end of every piece of tech, at the end of piece of every end of every data point is some sort of people decision or people action. Yeah. So alignment people. So systems can only be as good as the processes they support and the people who use both of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a quote by Kim Garman Hummel. I say it a lot. Oh, I have to tell a quick story too, speaking of systems and processes. So my children gave me the biggest compliment over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, they, They pick on me because there was a season of growing sauce where they said they would roll their eyes at me and they would say this again. And I'm like, what? And they, they told me over the weekend, they were like, there was just a season of this sauce business where we heard you say, if we can just get our systems and processes in order, fill in the blank, something can happen. And they said, (laughs) we haven't heard you say that in a while. And you were sick over the holidays and no non-emergency emergencies happened. So does this mean you've gotten your systems and processes in order? I was like, never and yes. <laughs> it's, it's perpetual motion of continuing to improve them. But shout out I to love us. Thing. Yeah, I love that they noticed that though. I, you know, your your kids and your family, when you talk about your business, your business owner out there, they will pick up things. Um, just a, a quick aside, when my kids were little, I think my daughter is maybe five. She's in the back seat and she said, mama, can we go to McDonald's or is that not on the agenda? So not on the agenda. <laughs> and they have so much knowledge from hearing, you know, hearing us talk about the business and things like that. So, you know what that is? That's alignment with our people of how we yeah, totally. go to market and our families. For sure. You know, but what it is, though, is a natural manifestation of the culture that we live day to day, spilling over into our family life. And if it can spill into our family life, then it's a good testament for how it spills into our company life, which I think, you know, culture is the biggest part of how you align your people. It's Mm -hmm. having that um, set of core values that really define the core behaviors and give people something to rally around and have in common and work towards and, you know, live the, live the values out in their day to day. Yeah. Aligning your people is, you know, it's funny because this goes back to conversations you and I had before we ever merged in that if you aligning your people is about engaging them and empowering them to be participate in the business, whether they're the front desk, you know, receptionist, or they're the delivery driver, or they're your salesperson, um, your your business is your boat. And everyone in your boat, like you provide life jackets for people in your boat, you give them salaries, a good place to work, they have a nice chair, probably got some snacks happening in the kitchen, and benefits and things like that, you give them a life jacket. But then like you as the business owner or the, the division leader or whatever are front paddling your butt off and maybe your sales team is paddling back here. But why wouldn't you give everyone an oar 
or paddle or paddle and then show them how to row and show them how to help engage your people and empower them so that the whole boat is aligned to getting to the destination and that what does that mean that knows that means knowing what the goals are and knowing what your part is in that right yeah so this is actually why you and I got together to start this podcast that turned into us merging businesses <laughs> and now a year later we're actually well you'll over a year later actually doing the podcast but um that's something that you've always called the selling organization mm-hmm. and the introduction of um I, I won't call it a buzzword because i think that it's it's more than a buzzword but it's become a little bit of a, a trending phrase is revenue operations um, we like to say revenue operations optimization because every business is doing rev ops you exist right. to your operations exist to generate revenue but are you optimizing it and I think that's exactly what you're talking about with the boat and the oars is, you know, giving everyone an oar and recognizing that every everyone plays a part in moving the business forward towards its goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, no one's passive. Or do you know how many businesses that we look into where people are putting holes in the boat? <laughs> that's, you know, that happens. You have people that aren't aligned and they 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 are not that's not a culture fit that's um they're putting holes in your boat so it's actually reversing your progress and damaging it yeah or like i like to imagine it as like in a video game when your um player gets to a spot where it's not supposed to be and it starts like glitching out so like they're trying to row but they're like half in the boat and half not and the boat's going through their torso and yeah <laughs> so that's the that's the visual in my image so how do yeah. you align your people well we talked about culture but also processes, which we yes. kind of started talking about earlier. That's that's number two is align your processes. Yeah. And what's so key? Defining and documenting your processes. I think that's one thing that we said that I heard very early on when we merged last year. If we could just, you know what, we just have to document that process. Oh, Sean, we'd have a process for that. We just have to define it and document it. And you know, I haven't heard lately as much. <laughs> We don't have a documented process for that. That is um, that is huge. That is huge. Doing yes, it, it going through that experience. And um, it, it's so much easier. Just get it done. But if you have someone that leaves that position or, um, you know, people who don't follow that position or you're trying to hire someone to do something. Yeah. If it's not documented, you have a mess is what you have. You have a mess. Well, you know, and I think that a lot of like small businesses, especially startups that start with a visionary who has a great product or service in mind, and then they attract a tribe around them to facilitate, you know, creation mm-hmm. of and disbursement yeah. of that that process, or, or I'm sorry, that product or um, service, it happens organically. And I think that a lot of visionary business owners think about scaling and go, I don't want to do that. I don't, that's right. that's scary. I don't want to do that. But the reality is documenting processes is not just about scaling. It's absolutely necessary if you want to scale, but it's also right. just about maintaining. Like what happens if, you know, your right-hand person gets hit by a bus tomorrow, God forbid, and mm-hmm. every piece of, you know, tribal knowledge for your business is living in their head and, you know, they don't make it through the bus the bus altercation, like you got a problem there. So an altercation with the bus, the bus one. <laughs> well, yeah, the bus one. Yeah. No. Altercation is a funny word, but 
<laughs> being from Memphis, I'm also just imagining like, I don't know, earlier you said somebody was going down Main Street with, it's snowy here, by the way, guys. So it's not quite this crazy on a normal day, but Sean's sitting at her desk and I'm sitting here at my desk. We're in the same building right now. We're just, it's easier to do our podcast like this for the times that we're not able to be in the same building. It's consistent, but she um, goes, we're on, we're on our daily standup and she goes, what, what just, okay. There's someone going down the road with a bike and a shopping cart attached to it with the rope. And you know, that's how they had to get around today. They had to make, they had to make, make do, make it work. That was a patch yeah. job right there. That Later they're going to get their car once it's not icy, maybe. And <laughs> anyway. I was impressed. Had, I mean, what a workout paddling a bike in like packed snow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, the, the, the thing about the people that are in your business who help you create those systems and processes is they're gold, but you know, they have lives and their life doesn't revolve around your business. If you are the division leader or the business owner, you need to account for that fact. Everyone's on this, on this big old earth rock in a skin covered meat bag. That's a, that's a euphemism. for the body. And we all have things that we're barreling towards, you know, retirement or moving out of town or, you know, uh, a degree or something like that. So you have to accept that your employees will at some point in time leave you there. There's no one who's going to be as dedicated to your business as you. They can have all the best intentions, but you have to account for the fact that sometimes someplace someone's going to leave and they're going to take all the things with them if you haven't documented it. And it will hurt. It will hurt. It will set you back. Yes. Yeah. Even if you're not trying to scale, but especially if you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in those processes that you align with, then they feed into the systems. Then you start putting things together so that your employees and your customers, your delivery people, your salespeople, they're all aligned in the systems of how you do business. Business is not always... Linear, it doesn't magically become linear. It doesn't magically say we're going to go from A to B to C to D done. No. It, and, you know, I think accepting that growth is not linear and you're growing a business and growth will never be linear. It's probably like the biggest paradigm shift that you have to make to start moving towards scaling mm-hmm. is it's like laundry. It's never going to be done. You know, like, unless we're going to run around naked for a week, there's going to be some dirty clothes somewhere that will need to be washed eventually for us to wear them again. And it's a lot (laughs) like that. So number three, Sean, is align your systems. You've got your people, you've got your processes. And I said earlier, your systems can only be as good as the processes they support and the people that are running those processes. So with systems, let's say, you know, what we mean there is the technology that you use in, in, right. it could be, you know, a lot of businesses think of it as a combination of the processes and the technology. So that's also a, a valid way to think about it. Um, but the one thing that you don't want to do that we see so, well, there's two things, two things that you don't want to do that we see so many businesses um, who come to us doing is number one, subscribe to an expensive set of technology, you know, an expensive tech stack and then not use it. You had good intentions. Um, the learning curve was more than you thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, the junior employee that you thought was tech savvy and would be able to pick it up and get it up 
to speed is not able to do that and the job you actually hired them for, fill in the blank with whatever reason the technology is not doing the things that you know it could and should be doing for your business. Mm -hmm. So that's problem number one. That's kind of on the, you know, those like start and build phase businesses. And mm -hmm. then when you move over to the, the grow and scale phase businesses, you start to see the other problem, which is Franken systems. And Franken systems. I love when you say Franken systems. You introduced well, me to that and I just fell in love. I, I didn't it. make it up. I totally stole it from HubSpot, which, you know, as a HubSpot partner, they, they let us. We're allowed. They let us borrow some of their terminology. Um, but yeah, so Franken systems are when you have any number of technological abilities across your tech stack, sometimes redundant, depending on what department it's for or fill in the blank. Like there's a various amount of reasons. And they are either trying to talk to each other through like API calls or integrations, which is heavy lift on trying to keep those maintained and keep them yes. talking to each other. Um, or they are not talking to each other at all. And in either case, the data that a business needs to make decisions that are data driven that, you know, the leadership needs to know, are they steering the ship in the right direction? Are they flying mm -hmm. the plane towards the destination, towards the goal, um, is often convoluted because of those Franken systems. Yeah, I I cannot agree with you more. Having And here's the funny thing. It's not just in small businesses. All the enterprise companies that I work for in sales, yeah. we had some mega Franken systems. You can imagine how expensive it is when you have 10,000 plus employees to, you know, add a new technology platform. And so there's a lot of dev trying to get, do this, do this. Oh my gosh. And it, it really, it is super difficult. And the friction created when you have systems that don't talk means it's frustration for your employees. If you have employees have to enter information or go look for information in different places, um, or like not have access to information that is so frustrating. And then your customers, if they have to tell you their information more than once, how many times do you have to repeat like your account number or whatever, whenever you're calling someplace and you've got a problem or whatever that spills oh. out to your customers too. So example of that, that happened recently, and I won't name the company because we still use them and I don't want to be punished, but, um, my daughter recently switched to our insurance plan, mine and my mm -hmm. husband's. Um, her father and I are divorced and he has a family and, you know, an insurance plan of his own. And, and our kids have been on his insurance plan for the longest time. Right. Uh, they're both insurance plans are through the same provider. Listen to this stupidity. How is this for friction? Okay. So um, my daughter, she's 20. So she handles her own appointments and things like that. And she cannot get this insurance provider to put our insurance plan as the primary plan in her online portal because she was on her dad's insurance plan first and that one's already in the portal and there's no way to have two. And she said, it's okay if we can't have two. I need, that's my secondary now anyway. I need the my primary to be in right. there. No, we can't do that. He would have to cancel that other plan for us to put the the one that you're actually using in your online portal. So now when she wants to make doctor's appointments in order to find the ones that are on the plan, she's got to use my credentials to log in with. Oh, that's stupid. And that's what they recommended. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How's that for some friction? I, 
I will tell you too, healthcare is ripe for people to come in yeah. and reduce friction. If you are a company that can go into healthcare and take the 800, 500, 6,000 portals and logins and all the crap that the doctors and patients and staff have to deal with and make it better, I'm not convinced that that's not by purpose. But if you can make it better, like healthcare is ripe for that. It's it's just crazy because when you aren't aligning the the systems and the, the the people and the processes are not working and they're frustrated, you don't have good data. Like how are you able to make decisions if you don't know what's really actually happening in your business? Those data create friction again with your customers specifically. Like how much did that customer spend and uh, how many leads did we have and how much did we actually close? There's so much frustration there not having good data. You know, Sean, I think the problem in the medical industry, I guess is the right way to put that, but it is. The medical industry is, they do have really good data. Every doctor's office has really great data, but it's because they've prioritized the experience. They've centered it around the best data, I think, Mm. versus the patient experience. Yeah. And you don't have to pick. It just takes some extra attention to align the two experiences to where you can still get great data that informs decision-making and give the, the customer, in this case, the patient, a really great experience. It's, I'm, I'm sure HIPAA probably plays into that too. And, sure. and we don't claim to be experts in the medical industry. That's not an industry that we work in very much at all, but um, no. yeah. Well, I can tell example. you, it's very rare that I ever go into a doctor's office and I feel like everyone's uh, rowing in the same direction, much less has an oar, or, I mean, I don't think some of them are in the boat. I think they're sitting on the shore. <laughs> Just don't, it's like, it's not good. Yeah. Um, and, and data, we have so much ability to make good decisions and create powerful, meaning exper- meaningful experiences, those moments that matter for our customers and our employees with just a little bit of good data, good data. Mm-hmm. So that's number four is align your data. It's yeah. making sure that everything that's come before your people, your processes, your systems are aligned so that your data can be aligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the businesses that we work with, we work mostly with businesses that sell to other businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think the holy grail of data gap closure is marketing attribution. It's yeah. it's yeah. what is what are we spending and how many leads and customers is it producing? Mm-hmm. And the biggest obstacle or hindrance to achieving being able to give people that, like the reason it's the holy grail, in my opinion, having seen hundreds of businesses and the way that their data is structured now is Franken systems. Like we were talking about a second ago, it's, it's that just the, it's like a fleet of boats, fleet of tiny boats versus one large boat. And they're kind of rowing in the same direction, but they're tethered with ropes and they're also kind of rowing in slightly different directions. And so like, it's creating this tension and they're all going and yeah. So it's just, it's not good. That's a strange analogy, but it's, it's a it's a true one and they can't they can't make data informed decisions with confidence mm-hmm. because their data isn't aligned right or and in the on the smaller end they don't know what data to be looking at even like no i think too that um i i mean 
before we partnered, um, I used some data tools and some um, you know platforms and things like that. But I didn't really, and I would work with clients in all sorts of CRMs. But it wasn't until, and this is not a plug for HubSpot or us either. But it wasn't until it wasn't until we I really saw the power of getting into what you can see with the CMS platform, the marketing platform, the sales platform, the services and stuff like that to have the visibility into everything that's going on and then have like, I'm not an expert in it. We have, you know, a data, you know, analysts, you're, you're kind of a data nerd. I think data dork sounds better because I like alliteration, but I will, I don't think you're a dork. Um, I'm okay the, with being a dork. Data dork. You're a data dork. I'm a bird nerd. You're a data dork. <laughs> But until you until you get someone who can really know how to look at it and look at it across those different areas that are normally siloed, you're not getting the power out of it to know what decisions to make to grow. Because that's actually the segue for the last point, which is prioritizing growth, aligning our people, processes, data systems, and then growth to be able to reduce friction for our customers or employees is prioritizing the growth of people and the, mm-hmm. at in the in the systems data whatever to grow your organization prioritizing growth is super critical here well and it's like you mentioned earlier the employees in your organization aren't aren't going to be there forever most mm-hmm. likely um well not at all forever because that's impossible but they're, they're not going to be grow. there they're yeah. not going to be there for for the long haul most likely because they're growing towards their own personal goals and that may take their path away from your business, but opening up your mind and your heart and your soul even to going, Mm -hmm. okay, that is a fact of the matter. That is, that is part of what I'm here to do is help the people on my team grow. And sometimes that growth means that they grow away from our company, but that doesn't mean that you should stop their growth because while they're growing, your co- and while they're still at your company, your company is benefiting from that growth. Yeah. And especially if you're documenting your processes and updating your documented processes with new, um, you know, iterative improvements based on new experiences, then mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that growth. And furthermore, yeah. if as a leader, you're growth minded and you continue to try to grow, that's only going to attract more growth minded people. And that's really what it takes to to scale and to grow smarter. Right. And to make really positive, good moments that matter, removing the friction. And I feel like we've kind of gone full circle now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is convenient since we've gotten through all five of our points. Here. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Look at no, that. It's, it's funny because we really want to, we want to share this with you because Kim and this is how Kim and I figure crap out. Like, you know, the 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 alliteration, the people process systems data and growth, and we document it and then we walk the walk. And I'm not even sure which comes first, talking the talk and walking the walk or documenting it so that we are always taking and what we apply to ourselves and, and what we see and find with our clients and applying that because we're in that growth and growth-minded um phase uh, of business, which is perpetual. So. Yeah. I want to speak to what you just said, because I think that it um, alludes to something that I really wanted to say when we were talking about processes and forgot to definitely said it in the introduction, I think. So if you, if you heard that, then you've already heard this, but you'll hear it a lot more. Uh, okay. So 
when you are documenting your systems and processes, you are going to, you're doing it is always going to come before documenting it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. But when you go to document it, you're going to find that if you're growth minded, which you are, cause you're <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> um, so you're going to immediately see opportunities to improve the process, but right. you cannot do that. I think for me personally, when we had to document our processes, that was the most difficult and eye-opening lesson to learn. And once I heard it, I was like, smack my head. Like, why? Like, it's so obvious, but you cannot try to improve the process while you're documenting it or you'll never get it documented. You've got to document what's actually happening current state, roll that out, get everybody aligned around it, followed by all FBA, and then come back and say, okay, what were all these things that we thought we could improve? And then plan them and iteratively introduce them. Otherwise, you will give everyone on your team whiplash and the documented process will have the opposite effect of what it should. Instead of streamlining things and making it clearer and making people more aligned and and taking le- you know taking things off of your plate because everyone is understands what they should do and when they should do it you'll have 50 bajillion questions coming at you because this changed and this changed and this changed so change management is a really big and important part of this and um I- i've seen that some of us growth minded people also tend to have perfectionistic tendencies what what so you cannot you're not allowed to it's against the rules you cannot document you cannot improve the process while you're documenting it you just have to document and accept what's actually happening is what's happening and then go back and improve it you know I, that reminds me of what you said earlier about good friction too sometimes good friction. You need <laughs> good friction <laughs> okay no stop that so sometimes you you need to remember that you have to have diverse viewpoints, personalities, and skill sets on your team too, so that you don't get so so far down the rabbit hole of the yep. perfectionists or whatever. Um, you have to have people who can pull you out of that so that you can see those things and get them done and, and say, nope, we said we're going to just do an MVP and this is how it is. And um, that's really hard. We we struggled with a it lot is. of that. And was, we had an outside perspective that said, hey, dummies, not why don't you just start with like writing it down? Just just write it down. Like, hey, don't make just, it so hard. <laughs> just write it down. Just yeah. Just do it. Yes. And because and I think too, like that rock I was talking about earlier, the the rest of that story and analogy that I share sometimes is Sean can be standing on one side of the rock and you know the other people on our team could be standing all around the rock and maybe I'm standing opposite of Sean and we're looking at at sides of the rock that are like, this rock looks great. We're going to use this as the foundation for the next thing. We're going to jump on it. We're going to build on it. It's going to be awesome. And then usually Ashley on our team is like, Hey guys, I know y'all think this rock looks great, but it's cracked in half from where I'm standing. And then we're like, well, let me see this crack. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's valuable. All those perspectives are so important and so valuable. Um, and it takes time to align them, which is, um, you know, we've found really good progress in aligning all and capturing those ideas and not losing them by using the um, recipe for results blueprint, which is another tool that we'll have available. If you'd like access to that now, again, you can 
shoot us an email moments at sauceagency.com. Um, that one won't be linked up on this episode, but it'll definitely be in a future episode, but it's, it's yeah. a game changer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Walking the walk after we talk the talk, that's so important to us and all facets of whatever it is, you know, we take our own medicine, whatever it is um, we offer to clients, it's not lip service. I think that's one of those things you and I aligned on very early in our friendship, much less business relationship. So this has been a great conversation, you know, diving into the friction, friction that causes those painful or hot, smoky moments that matter that are most always negative and um yeah, we want you to stay tuned so we talk about how to build the positive moments that matter. We've got a lot more to say on those types of things. Yes. In our next episode, we're going to talk about the struggle of working in the business instead of on it, which is real. It's such a struggle, especially if you're in those start and build phase um, or seasons of your business. And even into the grow and scale seasons, you know, there's some of that too. Uh, yeah. Got some great advice on how to break the cycle there. So we're going to dig into that next time. And until then, stay saucy, friends. Bye. <laughs>